you guys gaming out here coming at you with another video we're gonna be talking about the 
past, present, and future of gaming. You guys know how it is. You guys know the same, man. I, uh, Hustle, unfortunately, had some stuff he had to do for, for life. You know, life comes first, man. We always going to have life come first. So I went out, and I got Gaming Forte. What's going on, Gaming Forte? What up, though, bro? Um, I thought you almost forgot who I was, like what my name was. No, I got, I like, got to have the, the, like the dramatic was, was pause. Reaching. The dramatic like pause. Was, he was reaching, man. It was like, I was like, he's reaching for like, what's his name? <laughs> no, nah, man, it's good to be here, man. It's uh, I know I missed a couple weeks ago when you had Slow Mo, which was an amazing show, by the way. Yeah, actually, but, people um, said that he, he was, some people said in the chat he was their favorite guest. Well, listen, man, Slow Mo is literally the backbone of DPS podcast, so, you know. I'm just a stand-in, but we, we, we're <laughs> gonna have to eventually uh, come together and do that DPS and uh, and and um, DPS and the Attic Show, man. Got to get you what and we do you hustle and slow mo all on the same show. So all hey, right, man, it's gonna be a lot of stuff going on if, when that happens. <laughs> Here's what's going on with the chat, not the chat, the 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 title. I haven't changed yet, but we're gonna change the order uh, around because the, there are a couple things I feel like we do need to address that's in these gaming streets right now. So let's talk about stuff when it comes to how the industry should impact on what buggy games are. And then I also want to talk about review scores and exactly how the reviewing system is. I, you know what I need to do for to, I need to get like Jeff Grubb on here. Someone one day to like you really go over that, that kind Grubb of Grubb aspect. On. What's funny is I was I was looking through TikTok Forte and then there was um some dude with like a news channel kind of what we do on YouTube he does on TikTok. So I was thinking I should start making videos of just talking shit on TikTok. Like <laughs> but you know I'm trying to be a better addict, man. I'm trying to be, that sounded really bad trying to be a better addict. But okay, I'm trying to be a better person, trying to be a better person. So we're not going to do that. But all right. So we're going to talk about that. We do have some Xbox doing good in Japan. They actually opened up wire in Xbox. You know, that might not seem like a huge thing to, to people in the chat, but that is pretty big over there because it shows commitment. It shows that you're going to be in some way, shape or form prioritizing the viewership and the consumer base over there. Then we're going to talk about the witch queen, you know, me and uh, Forte or, 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 our destiny addicts. We're going to be talking about that. Then we're going to end it all off. What the Elden Ring versus Horizon fiasco, devastation that's going on on Twitter, man. People are comparing these two games, and they're doing it very harshly. So what do you want to talk about first, Forte? What's something that interests you first? Oh, man. Do you, do you, do you want to just get into, like, all the smoke on um, I feel like Twitter? We should, I feel like we should save the Horizon thing. You want to just save the smoke? So, okay, yeah. well, let's, let's talk. Well, well, you know, this is, you know, the Iron Lords, you know, and, and the Attic Show and, and myself, you know, we're, we're considered, you know, Xbox and stuff like that. You know, people think that we we only love Xbox, but we we love all platforms. So let let's let's tackle, you know, Xbox, you know, Japan and everything. Let's get let's get let's get there. Let's get everybody's appetite wet first. All right. So for those of you that know, there is this website called Xbox Wire. It's pretty much like a weekly thing that they do. They might do it monthly. I don't know, but they do it's it. Their- 
It's their blog. Oh, their basically. blog. So they got a blog that they really go over, you know, what's new with the Xbox. And it's never really been anywhere else. Like, because for the most part, the majority of the world speaks English. So they always keep it in English. I, do they got like any other ones? Like, is there like a German one or anything? Or is it literally mainly just English? No, it's just, it's mainly just English. But Microsoft actually, surprising. I almost made a video about this, Forte. I came this close <laughs> to making a video about this. But I had so many videos I could make. This seemed like something that was small, but I can make a small video into something great. But so I was I was looking at this and I was like, look, people might not see this being a big deal. But this shows, like I said, this shows the Japanese consumer and the Japanese market in general, because I'm sure there's a lot of developers and publishers over there that feel like Microsoft doesn't take them seriously. Microsoft doesn't take that market seriously, but they're doing something special over there by doing a blog and not to mention they're providing jobs over there because it's not like yep. like anyone over here is doing that like it's all <laughs> native really ran over there and they're doing a blog pretty much i don't know if it's weekly or monthly but they're going to be going above and beyond for the japanese consumer base because phil spencer has said for the longest time that i want to get better results over there and he was this, a presence basically yeah and this this is this is a, this is a good movement you guys know how i am with the japanese market so when you first heard this forte what was your first thought process besides let's it, make a video <laughs> let's make a video no i this is something that not only microsoft has been trying to crack for the last few years not even the last few years for like the last few generations you know, try to solve the whole Xbox in Japan um, situation they didn't have, you know, they want to grow the ecosystem and stuff like that. Um, I just think this is a good move just because they've always, it's like people thought they gave up on it a long time ago. Like it's, it's, it's like some people feel like it's like an afterthought at this point. Like you only saw how many a hundred thousand units in, of the Xbox one over in Japan. Like that's putrid, but also, the Japan marketplace has changed drastically over the course of not even the last generation, but just over the last four or five years. You know, Nintendo Switch is the most dominating system over there when it comes to home consoles, but mobile has become such a big part of the ecosystem over there. So not only just getting Xbox's presence there in just consoles, but they want to get the name out there more just so when uh, things like xCloud really truly take off, they have a name inside that ecosystem that you don't have to have a system in your house. You can have, you can still be a part of our ecosystem. So the system is something that they want to use to bridge that gap. But the longer play is getting people on their phones where they, they predominantly commute the most. And that's where Xbox is looking at the biggest push at right there. Um, but let's not kill ourselves xbox they are moving in the direct in the correct direction and they've just been constantly evolving themselves yeah they're just but they always try to evolve themselves when it comes to trying to cater to that marketplace you know they know what they're doing over in america you know some people probably say they don't but for the most part, they do they do pretty, pretty well. This is their number one market over here. It's where they struggle is in the worldwide appeal. That's why everybody can't say it. Microsoft would never be Sony because Sony has worldwide appeal. 
And this is why, because places like over in Europe or in the UK or places where the stronghold isn't the strongest for Xbox, is really no mind share there. So how do you get mind share there? Well, if you can't sell a system, you get the name out there some other way. And I do think Game Pass is the bigger play, but um, Phil Spencer spends a lot of time in Japan. Like I think he visits there more than anywhere else in the country or in the world. Uh, so this is just par for the course for him. And I think, I think Phil Spencer will not retire as head of Xbox until he finds a way to crack that egg. I think that's, I think that's his, his, um, his coup de gras right there, Japan. Yeah. And to be honest with you, man, like Phil Spencer, I will say, you know, I, I used to be a skeptic of Phil Spencer. I think everyone used to. It's just like, you know, we, we want to see results. We don't want to keep hearing promises. It's kind of like the presidency. Right. You know, we want to hear, we want to see results. We don't care what you say you're going to do. But one thing I will say about Phil Spencer is he came out and he said what? He's going to work on ser hardware, services, and games. He said that like three or four years ago. In, in that order, too. It, literally that order. He came out the Xbox series, uh, the Xbox One X as the hardware because he wanted to get rid of that power narrative because they were getting yep. butchered back then because of it. Then he worked on services. Now, regardless if services was always going to be a thing in terms of Game Pass, I don't know if that was always on the tables or something that came out during during the talks of the services. He came out with with the services. You know, he dropped X. He dropped uh, games. Uh, the paywall uh, on a lot of things. He dropped the paywall on what's that? The uh, on the free to play games. And it was sure it took them a little bit, but they did it, man. They did it. That's all that matters. We got that taken care of. And then he yep. said games. And people always used to make fun of him. Why are you doing hardware? Why are you doing services? We want to see games. And then the money that they spend. It's like mm -hmm. the other ones, they're spending twice as much on this. They they bought Bethesda. They bu they're buying Activision right now. They bought multiple studios that have no, no relations to any type of publisher. So... We can honestly say that Phil Spencer might go down as one of the best executives for a gaming company ever because he took, I wouldn't say that Xbox was on life support back then, but it was definitely one trip away from being on life support. It was like, you know, when you're playing Destiny Forte, it's red and you know, if you get hit one time, it's a wrap. Like that's where he was. And he went to the best rock he possibly could and didn't get shot again. And he was able to regenerate that shield, and then he came out with the Xbox One X, and then he came out with the services known as Game Pass, and now he's coming out with all of these games. Now, look, it's debatable. I personally feel like you can't really say that uh, a game is just going to start producing bad stuff, but I understand if people feel that way, they need to see it, and I've always been very vocal when it comes to stuff like that. If you feel like you need to wait to see these games, wait to see these games. You don't have to you know, take their word for it. You don't have to buy an Xbox Series X. And with stuff like the mobile app and, uh, you know, xCloud and Game Pass Ultimate, they'll have more access to Japan. They'll have more access to places in China that still allow any form of, of gaming going on. And I think that's, that's the key thing here. They want to build that viewership in Japan because they know sooner or later 
that X Cloud's going to be exactly where they need it to be, and that's how they're going to infiltrate the Japan markets. I don't think they're doing it with consoles because PlayStation can't even do it with consoles. And if PlayStation can't do it with consoles, then what makes you think Xbox is going to be able to do it? Look, at the Nintendo Switch is doing fantastic because of the uh, Nintendo's doing great because of the Nintendo Switch, and a part of that reason is like, look, people have the option to hook that up to a TV if they want to, and if they don't want to hook it up to a TV. All they do is play it in the handheld. And I, I think yep. it's it's interesting, man. It's interesting where they're going to go with this. I, I've always been very vocal, Forte. You know me. I've all, I probably have 50, 60 videos talking about I want better results in Japan. And sure, this is a good way I see of, of getting people's mindsets to doing better in Japan. Like, you know... I think there was a developer that said, look, like one of the reasons that we're, we don't take America seriously is because we don't see the marketing being pushed here. We don't see right. your own consoles being here. We don't see none of that. You know, sure. Some of that might be the retailers there that aren't putting Xbox in good positions. Like I'm sure being at GameStop, you could, you know, you know that, you know, positioning is key. If you're at the front of the store, you have a better chance of selling stuff than being at the back of the store. So, right. I don't know how retailers do it back there, but I'm sure that could be a, a significant part in what's going on over there in terms of retail. But Forte, what happens if you don't sell nothing? What do you do with that product? <laughs> well, I, it, it literally sits there and drops in price because um, people don't understand the whole thing about cost of goods. Uh, it's just like if we buy something from a customer and then we say say we pay... We give you $30 for a game that, okay, Elden Ring that I just got traded in yesterday. Shout out to the tweet that I did yesterday. We pay somebody very $30. Well. Right. We we trade, we gave that person $33 in store credit for it. And um, now if that game sits on our shelf for two weeks and the price drops on it, instead of, you know, selling it at $54, they're only going to sell it probably for 47, meaning they lost some of the profit that they would have sold on that, on that game. If, if they don't sell it right away, it's the same thing with anything else. The reason um, play, Nintendo does so well, they don't drop prices on stuff. And that's why they consistently stay in the black because they don't ever really drop their prices except for certain times of the year compared to like some of these AAA games. Um, that's why they always tell you like Call of Duty, the biggest window for Call of Duty is right when it releases because they sell the majority of their games. They'll still sell consistently throughout the year, but they sell the majority of the bulk at the beginning. Horizon Forbidden West sells for predominantly the most in the beginning and like God of War like, like in 2018, 3 million in the first, uh, what was it? 3 million in the first eight days or something like that. It, that was all at the very, very beginning. And then it still just tapers off after that. And then you got people like days gone developers coming out, talking about buying games at full price because the majority of those sales happened when the game was on sale versus the game being at a $60 price. So, it, it's it's very impactful when um, things don't sell when you first get them. Uh, sometimes it just comes down to just consumerism and stuff and word of mouth circulating on certain games and things like that. And then you see people like kind of gravitated to it at that point. But to answer the question just bluntly, it's like, it's not good to have your stuff sitting on a shelf. At that point, you're losing money the more it's sitting there. It, it, what I was really pointing towards is these Japanese retailers, like, you know, it's easy to blame them for stuff like this. And I do think that maybe 
they they're could, not going to sell Xboxes. Well, that, that's what People I'm saying. Don't... That's what I'm like. You, you're not going to buy masses, masses amounts of inventory for something that you're not going to sell. Going to sell. So you know, maybe they can do marketing better stuff here because I know in the states and other places of the world, like Xbox, PlayStation, they got representatives that go to stores and they they make sure that you know their brands being represented correctly at these places. I don't know if that's being done in Japan. With Xbox, if it is, right. then maybe Microsoft should work on that. But it's like at the end of the day, like it's like I've always stated, Fortan, you know I've been very vocal about this. They have plenty of Western games for the Western market that appeal to that to play in Xbox. They don't really have nothing on, on the Japanese market, Eastern type of games. And that's what they need. Like you can't go to places like Japan with no Japan-like games, nothing like over there. You don't got Capcom making you anything. You don't got From Software making you anything. You don't got anyone over there making you anything. And expect people over there to purchase your platform. That's one of the reasons that Sony was so successful last generation because they were always, let's get this Persona 5. Like They focused on the Western market, but they made sure the Eastern market was fine too. That's how you build War to Pill. And until you come out of your shell and make sure that you have genres for every type of gamer and for every type of place around the world, you're never going to have a war to pill. Yeah, but you you know, let's be for real. The world, Sony. I mean, it was it was it it was planned. I won't I won't take that away from them. But PlayStation truly took off like playstation one amazing like gangbusters it was great playstation 2 put them on a map playstation 2 got on the map because of one thing it wasn't it was games but the mass appeal came from the name because it was the first thing first time that a dvd player was included into a console let's be for real here the reason playstation 2 it's so renowned and so so much is because it did what the Wii did back in 2007. People that didn't even play games bought that system. They bought it for, I mean, at the time, I think even the quote unquote high end Sony DVD player that was standalone was a thousand dollars. Samsung, thousand dollars. You can get a comparable one in a little box. Well, PS2 wasn't a little box at the time when it came out, but in a box for $400 or it was $350. I can't remember exactly how much. It might have been $299, but it might have been $399. But that was the reason it did well. So, but then what they did was they took that existing user base and celebrated it by giving them amazing games. And I believe Xbox is, was heading in that direction with the 360. And then they kind of fell off the wagon in 2010 when they stopped producing first party games you know games like gears of war halo was halo was still coming but like it was like the old that's where the whole formula of halo gears of forza came from because between literally 2007 and 2011 that's the only new ips we got and they were just pretty much just spending money on third party exclusives and stuff which was good too but sony just kept on iterating on their IPs and stuff, you know, new I, they didn't hold any developer to just one. You, some people don't even realize Jack and Daxter is a freaking Naughty Dog game. Mm-hmm. It's a Naughty Dog game. Like you would never even know that Jack and Daxter, like, like who made Jack and Daxter? You would have to go look it up and you'll be like, Naughty Dog made this? But compared to what we know of Naughty Dog now, two drastic 
con- you know, contrasts in type of video game making and stuff. So that's where Sony grew. They they found a way to penetrate the market by giving people something that they wanted that they didn't know they wanted, and then they just eat down on that ecosystem by bringing more and more games to that platform and getting people in love with the platform. And then that's where the worldwide appeal comes from. Yeah. And I definitely, that that's decades of nurturing the entire thing. But like what I was really pointing for Forte is like, if you don't start now, you're never going to start it. Like, you know, you got to start building these blocks. So when it is time to build that giant castle around the world, you can build it. But if you never put, if you only have part of the foundation in America, but you don't have it anywhere else, you're never, it's going to tip over because there's no way to hold it on the rest of the world. So, you know, does Microsoft have us, does Microsoft have a headquarters in Japan? I don't know. Maybe I don't think they, they probably have something there, but nothing like Sony has here. Yeah, well, Sony, I mean, Sony's worldwide headquarters is here in America. Yeah, now. Sony kind of low key has went away from the Eastern influence. Sure, they're still there, but I think that's like for appearances, uh, appearances like pers- right. purposes. Like, I don't think like I don't think they'll ever abandon the Japanese market. But I don't. I think they're done making those games. Like, I think they would rather team up with like Atlas to make the next Persona on their platform. Because yep. that's the reason they shut down uh, Japan Studio because I don't think they are, they're interested in making that kind of those games anymore. It's more beneficial, more cost effective to just buy timed exclusives like Final Fantasy and and Persona than it is to create a studio, manage a studio, and fund a studio to make a game that might or might not hit. Nope, you're right. I agree. All right, all right. So let's talk about the review Uh-oh. process. The review right. process. We, we ain't going to go too much into this because I know it has a lot to do with Elden Ring and Horizon. And I know I've stated that the review process needs a lot of work. So right now, Forte, I got one question for you and one question only. Yeah. Should you beat a game in its entirety before you review that game? <sighs> yes, if you want to be taken serious, long term at least. If you are a type of person that are just trying to get if okay, so if you just want to get information out about a game, that's what impressions are for. That's what um that's what J call review in progress is for. But when you throw the word review on a screen, that needs to be encompassing of the whole game. It needs to be the experience from beginning to end, from A to B. You know, that's why you see reviewing like, like that's why you see reviewing progress for stuff like Destiny, where it's a long-term game. Uh, that's why you see, like, with shout out to the homeboy BG when he did his video, it wasn't called a review, it was called his impressions, his thoughts. It <laughs> that's more people put review on something because they know that's gonna be what catches the algorithm. Yeah, let's be for real. It's it's like I said in the party. When's the last time, Forte, you saw in your chat, well, besides maybe Destiny, because we're used to review in progress on Destiny. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a review in progress and you clicked that link? You didn't. <laughs> like wake me when wake me when all the content when all the uh when everything's out. So and I, I can know what the I whole thing is. I feel like that's like. the biggest thing is yep. people don't like see I'm in this thing right here because I'm reviewing the Witch Queen for the ILP channel. And I was sitting here thinking, do I review just the story and put just story? Or do I just wait three or four days and review the raid with it? Because the raid is definitely part of the story. 
So I was like, you yeah, know what? I would. I already have a I already have a script and everything for Tay, but I pushed it back. I'm like, look, we're 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 out of the window anyway. So it's like we get some views, but nothing drastic. But right. Saturday, people are gonna be searching the raid, and I'll just I'll put whatever the raid name is. I'll put Witch Queen slash whatever the raid's called. I think they already have a name for it, but whatever the raid's called, review. And then, you know, put like uh, like some kind of indication and then like PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and PC or whatever. I'll have to, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to wing it, man. I'll have to wing it. But I I've, you'll be fine. I've always felt like when it comes to reviews, like you got to make sure that you play the game. Like there's just no way around it. Like it, it's one of those things like Mr. Maddie plays. I respect mm-hmm. him so much more because it's so easy us as content creators we know it is so easy to want to get in on that day one wave mm-hmm. it is so easy it, it, you will get caught up in there so fast like you and then before you know it like you, your your mindset's like man i need these i need this traction i need the growth i need the you know a lot of people do it for financial reasons which is perfectly fine mm-hmm. and they're like i need that money so they do it and then they get backlash because they did it and and when i say for the chat it's easy you have no idea how much of a difference your viewership is going to be day 1 than it is day 7 it's not mm-hmm. even remotely close it's nope. easy to want to be this day one, regardless the consequences you might have. It's better to be here than it is here. This, but at the end of the day, it's integrity that's in the middle. Like, do you care more about the name of you, your brand, and you as an individual than the money? That's literally difference. And I, I, I'm, I agree. I personally look. Obviously, money's great, but at the end of the day, obviously. It, for the long term, if no one takes you seriously, it might even be just five, ten percent of the people watching you that might stop, like you know, actually going to your review. But that's five, ten percent throughout the next mm-hmm. five to ten years is massive. Imagine what it happens is. in these parties when you are out there. Oh, you know, this individual didn't beat the game. This individual didn't beat the game. That one didn't beat the game. It's word of mouth. It's like video games. You keep buying and buying and buying. It's it's better for you to just go ahead and take that hit. But what we need to talk about too, Forte, is mm-hmm. the ridiculous industry that we cover and how they handle these review things. There will be developers, and I know this has happened, that will they, they know their game is 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 horrible. And they'll send their game the day of the review or the day before the review's embargo lifts because they Mm -hmm. know that, A, they're either going to sit there, no life that, and beat it and review it, or B, they're going to review it and not beat it and probably play five or six hours and and review it. And they're they're not going to really get a whole sense of the whole game. That's what needs to be corrected. Look, I do put a lot of responsibility on the reviews, but at the same time, the reviewers, but at the same time, it's like I said, a lot of these people are doing this, this, uh, that's a job. They don't have another job. So they have this weird sensation that, look, I get it. You guys are upset because I didn't beat the game. But at the end of the day, the website that I cover for, they don't care about your morals. They want Mm -hmm. their clicks or I have to find a new job. So I understand that, but then I look at influencers like ACG, and I don't like using ACG as like 
the def- the definition because he's always the exception. Like right. ACG makes sure he plays his games, and if he doesn't, he's always very vocal and transparent. And, and, and that's why I don't like using him as 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 the center focus because not everyone has the dedication ACG has. Like yeah. you know, Jake Balabino puts mad times into this. Like to me, if you're seeing people do it, why can't other people do it? You know what I'm saying, Forte? Like like a lot of these people. Me and you might have excuses why we can't have stuff day one because we have jobs right. and stuff. But when you're doing it full time, do you think that takes away that excuse that people use? Why well, I didn't have time if you had uh, like three or four days. Let's say you got something three days before release, which I mm-hmm. think a week is, is good. A week you should be able to easily do it unless it's like a massive game. But most games aren't that massive. Most games are realistically... Yeah. 10 to 15 hours long in a campaign. And what's funny is like not every game's Elden Ring by far. Right. Not every game's Elden Ring. But do you right. think that's a realistic approach to ask someone you got 3 or 4 days, you got 20 hour a 20 hour campaign. And keep in mind they're getting paid decent money too. It's not like a lot mm-hmm. of these people are getting paid like pebbles. They're not. Right. But do you think that, you know, it should be expected for them to to the Loki crunch that's what they're doing. They're crunching. Like, do you think that should be an explanation? Uh, an expectation? Uh, it should be. You and okay. So, Addy, let me ask you a question. Why are you doing a review for Destiny Witch Queen? Because I felt like the viewers would want our opinions on Witch Queen. Why do you do reviews on other on other stuff? On just anything in general? Oh, it, it's it's definitely the traction. I'm, I'm try, trying to grow. Trying try, to grow. Try, try, Everybody's trying to grow. Try, trying to get uh, our videos and in parts of the internet that it's not there. Trying to get our videos and communities that we ain't into. Like that's clearly the objective on everyone. So yeah, exactly. And my thing, and and it's uh, and those, those the growth. What comes with the growth comes monetary gains and stuff. I feel like if you, tr- it's just like a job. If you want to get paid $50,000 or $100,000 or $150,000 a year, what are you going to do to do it? Are you going to go out if 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 uh if Gorilla gives me a code and says we want you to review this game for Horizon Forbidden West. And they say unfortunately we ran like like say well we want to send you this code because we really like your channel. Unfortunately we couldn't get you an early code but we can get you one 3 or 4 days before the game comes out. All right, I'm at a disadvantage because everybody else probably had theirs for a week. But guess what I'm going to do? If I truly want to grow, I'm going to do everything in my power over the next four days to binge this game to the point where you- I'm going to know everything about it before I even before I even start formulating my thoughts. But then you don't even have to get your review out on day one. That's a whole other thing I think people don't really think about, yeah, too. Don't. By any means, you don't. I know me. I have a 48 hour rule. If you can get reviews out within 48 hours, you have a way better chance of getting out. We talking two to three weeks, probably don't even make the video. When did Elder Ring come out? Elder Ring came out on a Friday. People Friday. think, okay, so the reviews came out on Thursday. People... I have a video right now in Elden Ring doing numbers right now. And I, yeah. I posted yesterday. So it's not like it was day one. It's not even a review. Here's the thing that people don't realize. Just because 
you don't do a review does not mean you can't have coverage on that game. That's why you see people doing the, what I've learned about. That's why you see people doing that, you know, what you should do, beginner builds. There's so much content you can make on games that's not just a review. I made a, rev I made a video about Elden Ring that has nothing to do with Elden Ring. It's just the practices that From Software made that was pretty much saying, and companies like Square Enix, when, when they have a hiccup and they don't have sales, they reamp the entire the so, entire gameplay. And you got companies like From Software that's like, we're going to take our foundation, we're going to keep building and building and building until we make a game like Elden Ring. And that's what the video is about. Nothing to do with Elden Ring. Just using Elden Ring as a catalyst, doing doing numbers. Yep. And, and the biggest thing I will try to tell people is just because it's a review date that you can put it out, like I said, you don't have to do that. You can go the complete other way. You can say, okay, I got the game at the same time as everybody else, but I'm not ready to do, my review's not ready. But when people are dropping reviews on the games, you can like literally talk about my first 10 out, my experience in the first 10 hours of Elden Ring. You can literally put a video, I'll say how my that, experience at Elden Ring was. That's exactly what team. Mr. Maddie Plays did. And that's why I respect him because he put, yeah, 50. He, he did he, a 50 hour I think he through. said 80. 50 or 80. I think it was, well, I think the well, regardless what it is, how many hours it was, Maddie knew I can't realistically beat this game in a certain amount of time. Yep. He posted out there, look, here's my experience with X amount of hours. And then he was transparent. He explained he didn't beat the game. And his viewership was still fine because people are going to value, especially reviews. When it comes to reviews, a lot of people expect integrity out of you. And once you lose that, that's when you start, like, that's when the viewership goes up and down because people don't know what to trust you about. When it comes to stuff like reviews, that's the number one thing that you cannot lose is in the integrity that what you say comes out of your mouth cannot be influenced whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't listen to Maddie's on it, but I can guarantee you, because I did see the thumbnail for 50 hours. It was like 50 or 80, like you said, played. But I guarantee you the one thing he did do in that, that, that impressions of his 50 or whatever hours, he probably put in there saying, and when I do get my full guide, my full review out, I will, you know, I will let you guys know. So he probably even put a date on when he will have his review out. Because if he has thoughts on 50 hours of the game, he probably already has an idea of what window his review is going to come out. He said, you know, and if you want to know my whole complete story around what this game is in my review, check it out this Friday. Because he probably said next Friday, my review will be out. So not only is he getting content out on day one, he's funneling people to content on another day when they could kind of expect it and he could do it on his own terms versus having to do it by from software's terms of getting the game out and i think you know people just want to chase after the money because that's what this truly is it's about money the viewership yeah the viewership and the money and, and and if you keep it at that that's understandable people will still like you they'll still respect you but you have to you have to you have to state that though. It's, and it's believe it or crazy. not, Forte, there's a lot of people that I've that, that that it's just interesting how some people are very extra with it, and then some people understand you got to get that bag, man. We understand, like we got to get the bag. That, that's why, like, I never understood people that go after ads in videos because it's like, look, like it's as long as they're transparent if they use the product. I don't believe in content creators that come out there and they act like they use the product, but they don't. But if you mm -hmm. want to buy a 15, 20 second slot in a video for that person to show that brand, that's that, that product to their, to their viewership. I mm -hmm. personally don't see a problem with that. I don't either. 
And it's like, you know, that that's why, you know, we got to, I, I do say that, you know, I do hold the, the, the reviewers some liable for, for this because I do feel like they're not being transparent. They're not telling people that they didn't beat these games. But I do understand that their dilemma when it's like, look, we don't have the time or the, you know, three or four days to beat an 80-hour game is ridiculous. But at that yeah. point, these places like IGN and stuff, they should say, we're not reviewing your games at all until you restructure the way you do things because some of these games will be gold for weeks and weeks mm -hmm. and they don't send them out to reviewers it's because they have these devs crunching up to the last minute to get those day one patches out and until we come out and be very vocal and say we are done with this we are not reviewing your games until you get that out we're not covering your games sure it will cost money it will it'll cost yep. all these reviewers all these what websites money but i think the end result would be these publishers like Bam namco that made that's publishing elden ring they'll be like look we gotta do better because they are on our ass over this stuff yep. and that's why i say Agreed. about the bugs you know we'll translation to the bugs a little bit like the way that these games are releasing is unacceptable and we keep buying them me myself included you know i think content creators are a little bit different because it, you know we, we got to cover these games even if they're broken but you yep. know it, it's even on us because we shouldn't do it the, uh, 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 the same thing but it's like man i'm not I, but the thing is like i don't want to blame the consumers i've always felt like it needs we need to be one of those things where it's like look you can't you are taking advantage of our passion it is not my fault your game's broken i did what i was supposed to do i handed you the 60 70 bucks it's your yep. fault. It's your job to make sure that game is functioning when I play it on my end. And that's why I'm always like, oh, don't pre-order. No, pre-order. Because my guns are always going to be aimed at the people selling the games, not the people that is playing the games. Because they're the ones that's going to do it. Just because they made a transition of money does not give people the right to tell them what to do with their cash. We need to tell the people that are low-key scheming people out of money. <laughs> and some of these things won't be fixed for months, and the game is useless. Yeah, man, you 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 hit it right on the head, brother. It's um, it's a mentality that developers know. Um, shout out to what's up, PlayStation, Bari, and uh, Persona when they had Sean Layton on. Sean Layton even said it on there that people don't beat like talking about going about beating games and stuff about developer. They talk about just consumers beating games he's like yeah people aren't beating games so you don't if sean layton knows that you don't think these publishers know that you don't think they you know if they know you're not even finishing games they probably thinking like well shoot they we didn't gotta even have the game ready day one because most of the people out here are just gonna just experience half the game and then they're done with it you know so it's just, it's a nasty cycle. And like you said, I'm never going to put ownership or blame on the consumer side of it, but it literally does come down to, you have to vote with your wallet. You know, Cyberpunk sold 13 million with people returning the game at a massive level. We don't know what it ended up selling by the time it was over. All I know is after they, after they told everybody that, hey, you can go to whatever retailer you bought it at and return it, 
when they put out their financial numbers for that for the initial launch of Cyberpunk, which was like a week after launch or something, they sold 13 million copies still. They still did fantastic. Like, they still did. And then and guess what? Now that the and I and I did this. They run the it back day. to I, the bank laughing. Look at you suckers. Like, no, and this is the funny thing. I was at work yesterday and a customer was looking for a copy of Cyberpunk because he knows the next gen patch came out. Guess what? Literally three months ago, I couldn't give a cyberpunk. I had like probably 20 or 30 copies of this game. I looked in my store and I looked across pretty much our entire district. Not one copy, new or used. So guess what? People have forgiven. They just gone out and bought the 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 game again because the new DLC, not DLC, but the new update is out. And that's just how consumers are. We're very, we're very fickle. We love what we love. Gaming is a hobby to us, and we understand that. And if we want to play it, we're going to play it. But let's be for real. These companies, they know that too. And as long as we keep going in the direction we're going in, we're asking for them to basically just say, oh, one more time, please. One more time, please. And that's just going to be the consistent cycle. Yeah, I feel like, the money thing is good, like, you know, vote with your wallet. But I think voting with your voice is more effective, especially if more people are doing it. I don't think people realize how powerful social media is. Like, if you respectfully give these people your mind on Twitter and you see, like, you know, it, what's more effective to me is money that they may or may not see because the game's not out now or a community manager logging into 100-plus notifications every five minutes. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, you, that's even that, worse. That gets them, man. And, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, that's very subjective because if they make enough money, they're not going to give two shits what's going on Twitter. If they make enough money to justify what's going on, but the thing is, is people don't realize that it's not just the money in your wallet that matters. It's their stock going down because they're being attacked on social media like crazy. There's multiple mm -hmm. ways of getting the point across. And we've seen with Cyberpunk that it Cyberpunk, we saw it with Battlefield, we saw it with... Uh, Battlefront. We saw it with Xbox when they were doing the the Xbox Live thing. You are vo if pe if enough people get behind something, you can make these multi billion trillion dollar companies fold in an afternoon. And the long and the amount of time it takes to watch a Lord of the Rings movie, you can fold a multi trillion dollar company. You can. All right. You have so the power. Let's move on to our favorite thing: Destiny to the Witch Queen, man. Okay, for all you that know, man, all you that know, Attic Show wasn't here last week, man. I had I had a severe case of Destiny-itis, a severe case. Such a case that the game's still playing on my TV, I'm just not playing it. You, I don't know if you guys have heard, like, the Orbit music, but my TV is, like, really low, so I don't think you're hearing that. You might hear that, I don't know. Congratulations, you get some kind of background noise. But... I had Destiny-itis, man. It took it took about two to three days to get away from it, man. But now I'm better. I'm better. I'm feeling good. You know, my temperature's down. And, and you know, me and Forte, we have a good amount of hours in this game. I'm in orbit, we? too, as you can see. You see we that? have a good in, amount of... Sitting in orbit. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. Uh, I'm uh, 1549 or something like that now. So, you know, we have a good amount of time into Destiny. Uh, what's your first impressions been? Uh, by far the best DLC that they've, I feel like that Bungie has made in probably the last 
15, 10 years, 10 to 15 <sighs> years. I think, you know, I won't say 15, probably that's 10 years. Cause I think Halo Reach was amazing. Halo Reach, I, I, I think was probably the best and the strongest of the Halo campaigns and it didn't have Master Chief available in it. But Destiny, definitely the best. Taken King was by far my favorite DLC because it, it ended with one of the best raids I felt like in Destiny history, which was, you know, King's Fall. Now, just on the strength of what we played so far in this DLC, campaign-wise, amazing. Now, can I put it above Taken King when it comes to the whole package? Not, I can't yet because I got to see the raid. I gotta see the raid. I gotta see the raid. If the but if the raid comes anywhere near what this campaign was, oh yeah, I'm 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 there, a hundred percent there. I think they hit it out the park. I think the extra, as much as it killed us Destiny fans, I think the extra three to four months truly helped. I think this is what happens when you see a company or or a publisher take a singular mind and say, "This is what we want to do with our game." And, th- and they took a lot of community feedback when it comes to the things that they want, the community wanted them to do, which a lot of people really give Bungie a hard time for sometimes. I think crafting is really good. I think it's very convoluted. I do think it takes a while to do some of the stuff in the game that you want to do, but it's new. So I have faith that over the course of the season, they're going to fix a lot of that stuff and make it a little bit easier to craft and get the material you need to do that. But just talking about the story adding legendary campaign to it, respecting your grind. Shout out to the Ash and Luca. She's not even playing Destiny. She got to 5, what, 1531 in the first couple of days. And she's been off playing Elden Ring because she feels like she's high enough light. She's already raid ready. She's already at what the raid level can be just to start the raid if she wanted to do it. But she's able to leave the game and go play Elden Ring and put 50 hours into that and enjoy yourself somewhere else if you want to. And that's been kind of the problem with Destiny over the course of the years and stuff. You felt like it was a job, and it kind of was. Now, I, I, didn't, I don't have to log in and play. I'm pretty good. I'm good for Saturday when we do our raid day one. But I enjoy the game so much, it just makes me want to keep coming back and playing it. And I only touched probably a quarter of the game. I have, haven't done any raids since the new season started. I just did PVP for the first time yesterday doing pinnacles and stuff. My first nightfall this season was with you last night. I didn't do any nightfalls until I did the one with you last night. So I I'm enjoying the game and I'm only doing a quarter of the stuff I was doing before, but I, I feel fulfilled. And that's something that I can't honestly say wasn't the thing over the course of the last couple of years when it comes to like destiny. I agree. I, I think that, this is by far the best that they've ever done. Um, I do. I, I'm still a little bit on, and I'm talking about in terms of uh, taking uh, in Destiny Two, Destiny One, and as far as all Destiny, I still think uh, you know the Taking King is still a little bit above it. Now, as long as the raid's good, then I will give that to Witch Queen. If the raid is, it don't even have to be as good as Taking King because damn, that raid was good. Yeah, it just has to be 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 really good. That's all. Really good. Like I feel like I couldn't really expect much difference from that raid. Like that's how good that raid was. But as long as this raid's solid and it's a really good experience, because I do think the Witch Queen story's better by far. It's way by far better. But it's just like, man, that 
Ray is so important right now. So much falls on that raid. I think so much falls on that raid that there's this really cheesy like exploit people are using with chests that they didn't even worry about that. They're like, do the chest grinding. That's fine. We're yep. going to make sure this raid fine. We ain't diverting no resources from this raid. Nope. I agree 100%. I think um, in general, it just comes back to what have they done to make this game a better experience? I think the new player experience is, uh, or the returning, not the new player, because the new player experience still is crazy. We People that <laughs> haven't played Destiny forever probably don't know what the heck is going on. But for people that's returning, like you, or uh, shout out to you know anybody else coming back, they put you at the same light level as a person that's been grinding this game for over seven years. Literally, everybody started at the same point. 1350. You were campaign ready for legendary at 1350. You just had to make the decision, do I want to go in and do it at legendary? And then if you did do it, they respected your grind so much that we're going to give you 20 free levels of powerful levels, which would usually take a normal person that's not me or addict maybe an extra week, week and a half to get through. And that's if they're playing consistently every day. You know, that was a huge, that was a huge olive branch that they gave everybody. So it all just, it all basically just comes down to this Saturday when we do the raid, like how is this story going to finish? And the funny thing is we're on this long arc right now where there's a, a um, there's a quest line that takes 28 steps that won't be even finished after this season. I feel like they have a uh, Dreaming City little reveal coming up where a lot of stuff in the game is going to change. I don't think we're going to get like a new destination, like how the Dreaming City like transformed through a cycle and everything like that. But I do know there's, I do think there's going to be something that's going to happen after the raid that the raid is going to influence to in order to open up so we can have more stuff to do how, that we haven't even seen yet. How much you want to bet that when we finish this raid, Something's gonna happen. It's gonna break the curse on the Dreaming City. Yeah, because that's why the Dreaming City's still here. Mm-hmm. People, I always wondered. Like, I was wondering, like, why are you leaving the Dreaming City? I understand, you know, with the whole South, with whole Marasov and the and the Awakens and everything, and you kind of want to leave that world still there. But it didn't, you know, Shatter's Throne is still there. But yeah, what happens if that does open up and we literally stop the three-week curse on that? Because at, at a certain point, that is like the only thing that's kind of been lingering since um since um Destiny um since Destiny's been a thing. That would be interesting if if we ended the raid and like once if the the raid boss is sab- is is like the ghost, you know, say Sabbathic, yeah, the the, the ghost. The, from the story, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was I was thinking that. You know what's it's, funny? It, what happens in Sabathun's the right boss, and we just don't know it. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of people were shocked when you saw Oryx in King's Fall. Like mm-hmm. you killed his um shadow or his taken ver his taken self inside the campaign, but then you fought like real oryx at the end yeah the only which, way to kill a taken god is to go into their ascended realm and kill them there exactly they're immortal outside like they just pretty much regenerate after a certain amount of time but you know we, we won't stick too much into the destiny to witch queen but 
Uh, for anyone that uh, I saw someone in the chat saying they need to be better on newer plays, I think they're doing better, but I do think they need to improve a little bit more. I, I do. Th- I think they're being better as well as on us as players, making sure that we have good experiences and then you have good experiences too. That's always been their problem. They can't have a good balance, a good center ground where we're going to keep the hardcore audience happy and we're going to keep the casual audience happy. And I think that's always been their issue. But all right, let's go into the the main event of the evening. <laughs> Elden cool. Ring versus Horizon Forbidden West. All right, now, for those of you that's been living under the rock, because I'm sure most of you that's in the chat has been seeing what's going on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter is a battlefield right now. And it's a lot of Xbox people because they're, they're using Elden Ring, a, a multi-plat, as their lance, which is funny. And then you got the, the Souls. So pretty much how it is, it's like a three-way war. You got the Xbox people, the Souls people, versus the PlayStation fanboy people. And it was funny because it's like they're comparing games that should not be compared. Uh, right. uh, a lot of people are angry over review scores because Elden Ring is a 97, which I don't think people realize. How much stuff has to go down for a game to get a 97 on Metacritic? Like, I expected, like, a beginning 91. You know, 91, Mm -hmm. 92. 97 is up there with, like, The Legend of Zelda Breath uh, Breath of the Wild. With The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which is considered, like, one of the best games ever. You go ahead and give your opinion on this. What I'm going to do, I'm going to look up all the Metacritic score for that high. Yeah, there's some pretty high ones, man. But the funny thing to me is you got so many people on just different platforms talking about something that they <laughs> most likely aren't even going to play. Now, I do think a lot of people were influenced by that 97 overall Metacritic because I see people that never even try the Souls game. You know, at least in my case, like I haven't beat any of them, but I tried the majority of them. It just never stuck with me. I know people that literally went to the stores. Like, I want to try out Elden Ring. I say, have you ever played a Souls game before? Do you know what they're like? They're super hard. And there's a lot of stuff that is involved with them. And they say, oh man, no, I, ne- I just want to try it. Cause it looks so good. I said, what did you see the review? He said, yeah, the review is like a 97 overall. And I was like, yeah, so you might want to do a little research. I'm not going to stop nobody from buying a game if they want to play it. So a lot of people, you know, bought this game and went out and did their thing. But I do think it's just the fact that a lot of people inside our just community, like, let's if we want to put it on Xbox, you know, Xbox people, we're talking about, well, our game is, you know, running better because of VRR, because we got very refresh rates and stuff. Where PlayStation, you got to play on a PlayStation 4 pro version to get the better version of the game then you got souls people out here talking about how everybody out here is trying the game. you know i shout out to uh ashley Luke and she said the worst thing that probably could happen to this game is to get the 97 because now a lot of people feel like they want to they it's like more opinionated on game that none of these people ever wanted to play in the first place but now they feel like they have to play because square uh, square from has basically ascended into another stratosphere when it comes to um, just games in general, you know, most of the Dark Souls games fall anywhere in that 89 to 92, which is really, really good. But when you hit 97, that's like Halo Combat Evolved and 
Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild. That's 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 up there. And I think that's the thing that people are really, really uh, talking about there compared to some people on PlayStation think that Horizon is scored super low. And we got developed, we got uh, publications after giving it 6.5s by and saying that the last game was the, this game is way better than the old game. And uh, it's just, it's kind of a disconnect, but people are just using this as another list war, in my opinion. But the biggest thing for me, Attic, is a lot like, of what are, going yeah, what, what is your biggest takeaway from just the three-sided war that we've been experiencing over the last couple of days? I feel like that these games are different, but I understand people's like, look, there's bugs in, in, in Elden Ring, there's bugs in Horizon, yeah. Uh, but they feel like Elden Ring is getting passes on that. And I do agree to some point Elden Ring does have like a three to four point curve. And I think that's mainly because a lot of like Souls fans are reviewing Elden Ring and not I necessarily agree. anyone. So you're obviously going to get that like higher curve. Uh, but we can't act like there's not a lot of PlayStation people reviewing uh, Horizon either. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of PlayStation people reviewing Horizon. So look, what I want to do is show you how ridiculous this mm-hmm. Metacritic score thing is. Look, here on the screen, you have the all-time best games on Metacritic. Number one's Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with a 99. That means like one person reviewed this just a little bit lower than everyone else. You got Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, a skating yeah. game with a 98. Yeah. Let's take crazy. a moment to realize that it's a 98, a skating game that was in 2000. Look, I'm not saying this game isn't isn't phenomenal. I'm not saying it's a fun game, but I'm saying can you really on the same scale compare games like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 to a game like Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West? I don't think you can. But it was reviewed the way it was and it got the metacritic mm-hmm. score the way it was. Then you got Grand Theft Auto 4. Perfectly reasonable for this game to be there i don't think this game deserves to be that high i think it's actually one of the worst grand theft autos in my opinion i didn't like it too much but i understand why people do like it mm-hmm. so we got a five dollar super chat from mangango mcthickness mcthickens er is a good game i think the zealots are upset that uh horizon forbidden mess forbidden mess Forgotten wow. mess, forgotten mess. It's exactly that. A fart in the wind, though. I think it's a good game. Oh my god, that is so funny. That's, you know uh, what? I love I, the messiness, I w- man. I love I, the messiness. I will. I will. Let me say something to that. I will. I agree with that one part right there. I think a lot of PlayStation fans are a little upset that not only, <laughs> not only is this game getting passed over, but it's literally being forgotten. In a week, for the second it, time, and, and you know what? But whose fault is that? Really, is that Elden no, Ring's fault? No, no, it's no, no, no. It's not Elden Ring's Sony's was fault. Was it? Was it? Was it Zelda's? Was it Nintendo's fault for Breath of the Wild? Literally, like I, it was. I forget who did it. It was on our show. Someone literally tweeted, like not tweeted. Somebody put a super chat saying, "So when Horizon, when Horizon Three comes out, what's going to be the next ninety-seven overall Metacritic game that's going to release within a week of it? It's going to be Elder Scrolls Five. It might be. It's going to be Elder it Scrolls Five. Microsoft. If any of you are watching this podcast, I know occasionally something pop in here. Man, go over there and talk to Bethesda Software Studio. Because look, 
I just want to see it again. Like, uh, you know, I really just want to see if Sony has the balls to put this game, uh, its sequel, out in the same week of her uh, as, as Elder Scrolls Six. Do you think they would do something like that? No, because I think Microsoft is still keen on releasing games during the holidays where Sony refuses to do it now. And that's why I don't think God of War is coming out this year because I, I don't. don't think they're going to release I don't think they're going to release. You, do you think it's coming out this year? No, Got a war? It's, it's, I don't, it's oh, early so next year game. Early next year. I, I said the same thing. Everybody's like, it's coming out this year. And what's year. funny like, is I said the same thing year. about Horizon last year. Remember? I was like, it's not coming I did out too. this year. It's not coming, not out, coming this out this year. Oh, I don't know about that. And then what happens? It gets Man. delayed. Yep. Hey, uh, Grace, will you get rid of uh, that webcam hot girls in chat? I'll get rid of it now. But if they come back... uh. No, don't delete their messages. When people come in there with some nonsense like that, you gotta you gotta get rid of them. Like straight up get rid of them. There's no no go, no collect two hundred dollars, they out of here. All right, so let's let, let, go. Let's move down. So then we got another copy of GTA four. And then we got Soul Calibur, a head to head fighting game. That's good, man. Soul Calibur is good. Then we go down Super Mario Galaxy. Deserve this. I don't know if it's a 97, but it definitely deserved to be on this list somewhere. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 somehow got the exact same score as the other one. I didn't realize uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 got a higher score. Uh, yes. Got, got a that. 97. That's crazy. Red that Dead is, is freaking trash. beautiful. That game is beautiful. That game is trash. I mean, listen, you might want to talk about how bad the aiming in that game is, but when you when you walk around in that world and you see people get pulled by horse carriage by, by hook and ladder, it's like, oh yeah, this is a this is a true western game. I mean, yo, I was seeing uh some big giant creatures pulling some uh some some cab uh some carts and stuff in Elden Ring. You didn't yeah, see that? That's why it's ninety seven overall. All right, so then we got <laughs> two copies of GTA 5, 97 each, which I bet you if I look at this, they don't even have a whole lot of reviewers. 14 reviewers! Well, that breath, that um, that Ocarina of Time only had 20, I believe. 20 or 22. 50 reviewers. That's a little bit better. Hold on, let's see. I think it was 22 for Ocarina. 22. 22 reviewers. But you know what? That was also... Game. As a that was 99. Also, but that was also print back then. There was really no internet. I feel like, you want my honest opinion, Forte, we need to get rid of all the reviews and start fresh. Uh, I, I think uh, we need to have a reset button, a nuke button, uh, a, a can't pass go button, man, because I feel like Metacritic in itself needs to be restructured, like the whole damn website. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it is what it is. And I'm not saying none of these games are bad. I am saying GTA 4 is bad, though. I am saying that. <laughs> but none of these games are, like, bad. It's just... I, I do feel like la like two two decades ago, reviewing standards are not the same anymore. So I they feel like not. it's kind of like... You're never... You're rarely going to get games up here in this caliber now. Ever. Rarely. Because more people are reviewing games. How many people reviewed Tony Hawk? 19. 19! 19. Now, let's see how many people reviewed... Elden Ring to get a similar score, like ninety something or fifty-two. Oh, fifty-two. And then are those the, they only count the legitimate, like actual websites, not just yeah, yeah. Battle. Okay. Then we got a five dollars super chat from Don Utaku. 
Horizon 1 was already scored too high. It was a low 80s, I'm going to be honest. Especially after Breath of the Wild, but Forbidden West is in range of what it deserves. I, I actually agree with that. I do think that the first Horizon was given a crazy curve, and the reason people are seeing like this inconsistency with the with the 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 Metacritic scores on the sequel, considering it does everything better, is because the original one I don't think deserved that high. But I, right. I digress. It's not none of my business. I I I I just this is what I do when people talk about some high high. I don't talk about. All right, so then okay. we got Breath of the Wild with a ninety-seven. So Breath of the Wild. You know, you know what? If anything from this forte, you know what I hope? I hope we get what? more people that are comparing every game to Elden Ring and not Breath of the Wild. Can we leave Breath of the Wild in 2017? Can we please compare <laughs> other games to other other games? We don't got to compare Breath everything to Breath of the Wild. Until Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Yeah. Which will win game of the year this year if it releases. Breath of the Wild had to go through 109 reviewers to earn its 97. Compared to its predecessor, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, that only had to please 22 people. 22 people, man. Times have changed. <laughs> I got to please more people when I do a podcast than these people had to do reviewing. If you look at those reviews, the funny thing is how you can, it always seems like the Nintendo reviews have way more reviews because way more people play Nintendo games than PlayStation or Xbox. Like, I, I don't, like you said, how many people reviewed um, Horizon? Um, Horizon? Yeah, how many people reviewed that? Uh, I have to go way down. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> go, it's down the list. It's it's far. But no, just, just say, right. I think dude, I went to page three and it's still not here. We still in the 90s. Hold on, let's go to page seven. Okay, now we finally hitting the 89s. Oh my god, page seven. There's a lot of 90s, man. A lot of games uh, hit Dark, 90s. The original Dark Souls is at 89. They've always reviewed very well. That's what I said. They, they always did 89 to 92. And, oh, and no. that's why as soon as people saw that 90s, I was on the phone with Luca when that 97 hit. And she was like, yo, Eldery hit 97 overall. 15 reviews. Oh, that, for uh, Horizon? Horizon Forbidden West had to say. Oh, that's a lot of reviews. To get that's what a they lot. got. Yeah, that's a lot. That's more than I thought would have reviewed it. But I think I think a lot of reviewers are it's a lot of review sites now. Uh internet becomes a big part of it uh compared to print back in the night like if in the early 90s. It, if you look at it besides like these remakes like Red Dead Redemption 2, Perfect Dart on the N64s. Tony Pro, Tony Hawk on the PS2. Breath of the Wild is kind current. And then we got the Dreamcast on the 2000s. Uh we got if you look up, you got this game on the Dreamcast, this game on the PS3, this game on the original PlayStation, this game on the N64. You got Boulder's Gate from the 2000s. You got San Andreas, which I actually think San Andreas deserved that score. Like, that was a great game. That's my favorite um, my favorite game uh, by GTA standards. And then you got the Legendary Collection. I, I used to have this. I remember I, I, I got one of these. This Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. And you got, like, look how old these games are. Like, Legend of Zelda. Look, look, Legend of Zelda be killing it with these reviews, man. Like, we no, have almost man. every Legend of Zelda within a three Metacritic score range. 
95, 96, 97. We got to find out a super chat from Donna Talk. It's not that Nintendo games get more reviews, but y'all were only looking at the PlayStation 5 reviews of Elden Ring without adding the PC and Xbox ones. I agree with that. Uh, they only really review one standard thing. Um, That's true. That's true. Persona 5, 95. Uh, I wonder what, how many people reviewed that. 71. That's actually pretty good. 71 people reviewed that game. Look, regardless how it goes, just all the, the moral of the story is stop giving so much energy into these Metacritic scores. Because as we've shown you, half these Metacritic scores are probably older than some of you in the chat. <laughs> it's just like, look, like standards have changed. A lot of these games, if you re-review that last them. Last of Us Remastered, man. 95. Where is it? Where'd you see it? It was up. You passed it. Oh, Bioshock got a ninety-four overall. Man, I mean, that yeah. Bioshock Infinite was one was my bag. I love yeah. that game. The more of the story is review standards have changed. If you remade some of these games and had them be reviewed as they are, just in newer graphics, a lot of these games ain't getting these scores. A lot of them aren't. I'm sure you the Zelda's probably would because I do think Zelda's is a formula that sticks regardless how much time goes by. But I mean, look at this Madden. NFL 2003 on the PS2 got a 95. Come on, man. Come you know on. that was the first year that they added stadium lighting. That's why. Screw that. I don't care. The game. The game looked phenomenal. Back I don't. Then. I don't care if it's holographic. <laughs> it's a sports game. <laughs> Look, it, that's all I'm saying, man. Like you know, we got to be better on this. Look, when you want, like I bring up Metacritic score because I don't like the way that the reviewing process is done. I don't like the way that some people overlook other stuff but other companies they 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 they'll hold them accountable for everything they do but as far as the scores themselves it is how it is um i, I you know i i brought up i brought up in the past that you know what what this is good for is like you know i see last of us back in 2013 and i say yo that's a 95 that that that's actually good and then what you're right. supposed to do is you're supposed to click the button and go in here and read the reviews of why this 95 was accomplished. But guess what? People stop at this part right here saying they got a 95. They see this, and the first thing they do is, Forte, we go into Twitter. Like, <laughs> like That's look, what they say. It, it is what it is, man. What, how do you feel needs to be done with this uh, you know, review process? Um we need to get rid of, okay, so it'll never happen, but they need to get rid of the actual number. Like, get back to, like, I ACG, don't do I numbers like, in mine. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I suggest if you buy it or not. That's as far as I'll go. It, should yeah, you like buy I said, it or should you not buy it? I think that is the, the number one thing that people should start, you know, gravitating to, you know, because reviews are opinionated pieces in their, you know, just in right. So why are you putting a score on something that it's completely different from what another person might experience? So it should just come down. Do I recommend this game? Well, did I have fun with it? Yes. Did I, did I think the game had some issues where, you know, things would pop up? Yes. But it still doesn't change the fact that it ch didn't change my enjoyment of the game and I enjoyed it. So I think that's where we need to start at because I think the number is the biggest flexibility of what's going on inside the community. If a game didn't have a number on it and a person just says, oh, I, I really like this game and I recommend you try it, 
then that then where's the argument going to happen? Then I guess people will say, well, this person said I respect his opinion more than this person. Then it will still be the same thing, but at least number wise, it wouldn't be like trying to like put giants against other giants and stuff. Well, did you just play the game? And it's your opinion at that point. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that you really need to look at too, man, we, we got a uh, shout out to eight, eight, eight months uh, by Bunty. <laughs> Uh, enough respect to destiny players and friends but with over seven thousand hours in destiny i have to give it a break i'm still not coming back yet forte i totally understand that respect that man that's how it is man uh i i was the same way i took what a year pretty much i only came on for certain things and you can ask uh forte i'm well known in the clan for doing shit in the last two weeks of the, of the season <laughs> that's why i was shocked that he's still playing right now but you know all I got to say, man, is like, let's just change stuff up. And for the people, you know what's funny? PlayStation fanboys are attacking everyone because Horizon didn't get the review score that they feel like it should have got. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you got both games on your platform. You won. Like, you won. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, man. So, you know, is there any last statements that you have in terms of this Horizon Forbidden? Did, did you, first off, did you play Elden Ring? Did you? Uh, I haven't installed my thing. I'm not starting that game. I refuse to start it until after this raid is over. Yeah, I've been trying to balance it a little bit. Like, I've nope, try- can't do it. I've been trying to review a little bit better in terms of like mm-hmm. just reviewing in general. Uh, so I'm gonna go into that a little bit. It's just like at the end of the day, I do feel like I want to. Re- I, I want to stream, man. I, I really do. I, I enjoy streaming. I'm gonna try to get mm-hmm. better at it. Because streaming is a skill. Don't let people lie to you. Streaming is a skill that you got to hone and get better at. I, I yeah. feel like it's easier for me to stream something like Elden Ring. So maybe as much as I want to blaze it, trust me, you guys. Yesterday, I went around the world just activating Grace's. And what's funny is my girlfriend's name is Grace. And I was talking to Kid Smooth. And I was like, yeah, right there. Get that Grace. And she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, no, the, the Grace on the game, not the Grace in real life. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's just... The game is phenomenal. I have to put it out there now. I'm probably not going to review it because the the amount of drastic things that you have to do to play that game. And I don't have the time to really sit down and play that because I got the Destiny thing. Uh, I am going to be reviewing the um, that game for Nintendo Switch coming out Friday. So look out for this channel. Friday, I'll probably stream, uh, you know, probably two hours, two and a half hours of it, depending on mm-hmm. how much I'm feeling it. But then I'll review it and probably stream the rest on Twitch. But Mm -hmm. my thing that I really enjoy is just when you're going around on that horse, Forte, on Elden Ring. Yeah. It's just so special. Like, I can't describe to you. Like, when people feel like, oh, this is just another open world game. This is not just another open world game. This is one of the best open world games that's out there. When you're going around, it feels like the world's alive. Sure, there's not like a lot of NPCs going on. Yes, Triangle Strategy. I will be reviewing that. Friday, string going on 5 p.m. We're going back to the conversation. When you're going around this world, it feels like you're part of it. And, and, and I don't give this to too many games. Mm-hmm. But this is a skyrim filled type of world. Where sometimes I'll be going through the world and I come across a random boss out of nowhere. And previous from software games, you had to get down and deal with that smoke. You know what I'm saying? You had to kill that boss. But now it's just like, yo, I don't have to deal with you, fam. And you just keep gulping away from him. Like, 
Right. That's what I appreciate. From something you come across giant giant creatures that are out of nowhere. Uh, I, I saw people on TikTok coming across like dragons the size of like three or four buildings that's just sleeping no out of nowhere. They're just sleeping. It, it's just it's so nice the amount of time and detail they spent into Elden Ring. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Sony should never have looked at Elden Ring and felt like a week was enough time to separate them from Elden. It wasn't even a week. It was like a couple days. Yeah, right. And it's just like, look, I feel bad for Gorilla because I feel like Sony should have pushed that game back or tried to get that game out a month before this game came out because I'm playing this game and that's no surprise to me that this game took all the shine away from Horizon Forbidden West. None whatsoever. Right. But anyway, man, that's that's pretty much the show. There wasn't a lot to talk about this week. Uh, I apologize for missing last week. I told you guys I'm going to be more consistent. But I've always been the standpoint that like, if it comes to something that really, really means a lot to me in games, I'm getting too old, man. I'm going to play that shit. <laughs> it, I, that's why, you know, it doesn't happen often because... Most games I can wait for. I'm not really that. But I was waiting for the Witch Queen. We've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for Sabathun for three years. <laughs> so my ass was playing Sabathun. What's funny is I was playing with King and them. I still streamed that day on the channel. I streamed uh, Taking King. Uh, I streamed the Witch Queen day one. Definitely go watch that. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the time. And it's like 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, do I really want to do to, to a podcast today? Absolutely not. Went straight to Twitter. Told you know I had destinyitis, man. Sometimes you get sick. You got you gotta you gotta rest, man. You gotta rest. And the way I fixed that was playing Destiny to the Witch Queen. But anyway, <laughs> gaming forte, man. What, what has up? been going on? What what you got popping, man? I know you got something going on. Tell tell the realm what you got caught popping. Oh, man, I got a lot of stuff going on, man. Got some videos in the pipeline, you know. Check out the channel, Gaming Forte, YouTube, Twitter, Xbox Live, PlayStation. Check it out if you like Destiny content, you like Xbox content. We pretty much, you know, just gaming in general. Um, so I got some videos around Destiny, some stuff going on in the game. Got some Xbox stuff coming out over the course of the uh, next couple of days. We also have DPS Podcast, which is every Thursday at 9 p.m. This week it will be on my channel. Last week it was on Slomo's channel, so... You know, some of you guys in the chat, I see you there all the time. But uh truly appreciate um all of you guys and um enjoy the games that you're playing. If it's if it's Horizon or if it's <laughs> Elden Ring, if if you could play Elden Ring, because sometimes it doesn't work for people. Uh or if you're just playing any other game, just enjoy what you're doing right now and um we'll see you guys at the next show. And, and keep in mind, you PlayStation fans, you can play Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West. Right. So you win you, it. You, got, you win it, man. You, you don't need this. to be on Twitter. You don't need to be in spaces. You don't need to be doing none of that stuff, man. You need to have that white blunt object that you can kill people behind Forte that's huge that I'm pretty sure he can he can get a workout just by curling that thing. Ooh, you, all you heavy. need is that, man. That's all you need. But you know, I appreciate everyone coming through here, man. We're gonna go ahead and end this going to got some got some surprises for you, IOP related, addict show related. We got stuff going all year round, man. Trying to get some good guests on you, man. We're trying to do the best that we can be. But until next time, this is Gaming Forte and Lord Addict, and we out. Peace.